Welcome back to another episode of the Michigan Poolside Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Davis. Alongside me, as always, is David Jolkevsky, the Bloomfield Hills High School head coach. Today, we have two very special guests joining us, Mike Harfoot from North Farmington and Mike Venos from Brother Rice and Mercy. This episode, we will recap the girls' state finals meet. We'll take a look at the girls' 23-week season, which usually was about 16 weeks, and give a sneak peek into the boys' upcoming season. Let's get started. First of all, thank you all so much for being here. Let's start with recapping the results from the girls' state finals meet yesterday. All right. Um, you guys, I'm going to kind of take some cues from you guys. Um, definitely a you know powerhouse performance out of uh, the likes of Pioneer and uh, Cranbrook. Seaholm had some good races there, but they ended up winning it in the end. Um, but some teams I think we expected to see at the top were there. Um, had some nice surprises, had some girls that uh, really stepped up big throughout the course of the season and uh, took the extra was seven weeks and, and did a great job. Um, you know, from from my end, just kind of peeling through the results here last night, and this morning, um, you know, again, you know, Skurs dominated some of the relays and, and had, I think, two girls in some of the individual events. Um, Mike, what else, Mike Venos, what else did you see at uh, D1 meet that you liked? Oh, you know, Stephanie, I think, is only graduating one swimmer this year as well. So they're uh, they're going to be a powerhouse for for quite some time now. Um, I thought there were there were some nice surprises. You know, I thought Brighton put together a really nice meet. Um, I thought Northville swam very well. And again, you know, these are the teams that that went home with the trophies. But uh, I think uh, Grand Haven had some real kids or had some kids that swam very well. I was just I was really impressed. I just it was nice to see these girls be able to end things on their own terms. And you could kind of catch that spirit on deck a little bit. Um, when they were first coming in and it was a little strange atmosphere, no parents, not a whole lot of people on deck. We were a little concerned as coaches, but I think the biggest surprise um, for me was really, you know, watching that medley relay go off and then having these kids just get into that rhythm that they were used to. It didn't matter who was there or who wasn't there. So I think the biggest surprise for me was really, it, I don't think the 23 weeks really mattered to the girls. They were just excited to be able to get in and end it. Sure. Harfoot, what'd you guys see at uh, D2? I echo that at D2. It was really a, a strange atmosphere before the meet started i mean nobody really knew what to expect from their kids at the at the state level performance um but once the meet got rolling once the medley went off it was it was just like a, a normal state meet a little bit different with the timeline uh, but the kids got in raced um, rob damoth over at northfield northview for d2 did an amazing job putting the meet together and their staff over there um just a fabulous performance at d2 um Seaholm took home the title for d2 and uh they didn't win a single individual event, but they really killed it in the relays. Uh, they think they were second in the medley and won both the 200 and 400 free relays. Um, Adams was right on their heel the whole day, um, finishing second. And then Northview um, took home their first trophy as a third place team. Yeah, it was, it was great for Rob. Yeah, he, he worked so hard and stepped up big to host that meet. So I'm sure that was real special for his girls. Um, you know, I, I heard a lot of great stuff out of Lake Orion, um, you know, kids seemed like they swam well. They had some, you know, again, unique circumstances doing, you know, awards up in the stands so they could keep the deck, uh, you know, socially distanced and stuff. But it, it sounded like the girls responded well. 
Um, you know, Cranbrook ran away with it. Um, you know, but hats off to Talsma at, at Hamilton, um, you know, picked up some big swims and they were fighting it out there uh, with Marion, you know, for, for second and third and, and pulled ahead, I think by like seven or eight at the end to, to grab that second place trophy. So um, yeah, I know Eric's girls were, were working hard and stayed focused throughout all this craziness these last few weeks. Um, you know, I, I think we got to take a second and recognize, uh, you know, the emotion and all the heartfelt responses and, and everything that Marion had to go through this week with the passing of their athletic director. Um, you know, volleyball team responded well. And I think Bill Thompson did a great job with his girls. Um, I know they were, you know, f- you know, just working hard, you know, for themselves, but also, you know, out there for uh, the Feldman family. Right. Um, and just uh, represented well. I know there'll be something special to bring back um, for, for that group of young ladies and for that school as they're, they're mourning a loss. Um, so you had some of those extra things, you know, everybody's been impacted by COVID in one way or another. And, um, you know, as recently as just this week, seeing somebody pass away, um, but these kids stepped up. I, I think it was, it was just absolutely terrific to, to end, like Vino said, just end on a good note and finally get to have this meet. So yeah, I thought it was great. This podcast is presented to you by Lawrence Technological University. Lawrence Tech wants you to recruit yourself. Just go to ltuathletics.com and click on the Recruit Yourself link. Academic and athletic scholarships are available in over two dozen varsity sports. Poolside is also brought to you by the Michigan High School Athletic Association, promoting the value and values of educational athletics. And by Detroit Medical Center's sports medicine and physical therapy team. The DMC's Rehabilitation Institute of Michigan is the only freestanding rehabilitation hospital in Southeast Michigan solely dedicated to physical medicine and rehabilitation, providing hope and healing to patients for over 65 years. A new partner to join State Champs Network this week is EA Graphics. As the exclusive provider of the MHSAA Championship merchandise, EA Graphics has raised the level to camaraderie and celebrate your distinguished season. You can order all championship gear for the recent state finals for golf, tennis, cross country, and soccer. To order all of your fall championship apparel, go to shopmhsaa.com. There will be new designs for the upcoming football, volleyball, and swimming and diving championships later this month. Check out Shop MHSAA for more details. And before we get started, one last announcement. Applications are being accepted online all month long for this year's Michigan High School Male and Female Athlete of the Year Award. $1,000 in scholarship money will be given to six male and six female nominees. To apply, you need to have been a first-team All-State athlete or projected to be one this spring or winter. You need an overall 3.0 GPA, and you will need to have exhibited some school leadership or had some community volunteer activity. The winners will receive an additional $5,000 in scholarship money, and all nominees will attend a red carpet gala in downtown Detroit this May. To apply, go to the DACAthleteoftheyear.com or click on the banner on our homepage at statechampsnetwork.com. You cannot be nominated if you do not apply. The application deadline is February 1st. To give listeners some background on the results, Ann Arbor Pioneer won Division I and Coach Vanos' team, Mercy High School, were the runners-up. 
Birmingham Seaholm won Division II, and Bloomfield Cranbrook won Division Three. As coaches, what athletes from these teams stood out to you? Um, you know, obviously, you know, your big-time teams, I, I was pretty impressed with. You, you knew they were – I mean, they, they were ranked all season for, for that reason. They, they had depth. Um, Harfoot, you know, mentioned that, you know, Seaholm doesn't win a single event, but the depth of that team was incredible. I always like looking for some of those surprise teams. Um, Portage Northern, uh, it was a Hannah Williams wins the 200 free with a nine second time drop. Um, and then wins the breaststroke with like a four second time drop, which was pretty sweet. And then, uh, Angelina Baker also from Portage Northern, awesome 500 swim wins the 500 and, and grabs the dream team. Um, so some of those swims were, were pretty neat to see from my end. Um, you know, we, we know see, how hard Portage is working out there, um, but to see some of those kids pop out, some of those great swims was um, pretty surprising to me. Z, I understand the Portage girls did that from, they weren't even in the last heat. So that's that's even something else. I mean, that that's pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah Hannah, was, yeah. Hannah yeah. was in the second to last heat in the 203 with my girl, and she took it out in the 52, her first 100 of her, her 200. And I can only imagine what was going through the head of my swimmer because you're in the same heat and you're kind of like times. And she was over in lane one, um, some outside smoke. And uh, it was, it was impressive to watch. Um, and she just, uh, you know, if to win a state championship out of a second to last heat and a time finals meet is pretty special. Yeah. You know, and I, yeah, you know, obviously somebody like, you know, Gwen Woodbury, you know, winning double events, she, she's had a dominant senior season. We had her on earlier in the year, uh, moving on to a, you know, a D one big 10 program next year. So you know, they, they swam great. Um, you know, some kids didn't quite see some of the results that they were, were hoping for, uh, or maybe as big a time drops as, as we're traditionally seeing, but, um, yeah, I like some of those special little swims, you know, standing with Greg Phil from Livonia Stevenson, um, as the hundred breaststrokes wrapping up and, and Mackenzie Soroki wins for him. Uh, that was really special, uh, you know, for their team and, uh, our two teams went head to head in the four free relay and we were, we were just enjoying cheering the kids on. So, um, yeah, I always like finding those special little swims. So I don't know if you guys saw any other ones that, that really stood out to you, but I, th I thought Portage was a, just a, a great all around performance. You know, I thought, I thought Brady Kendall had a really good meet and I th think it was a long time coming to the young lady from Plymouth. Um, she won the 50 and she won the fly and, uh, put up some pretty good numbers for her because I know in the past, um, there was a lot of expectation on her and, uh, um, it just, it just really didn't come together for her when it was supposed to. And I think this year I thought was, uh, it was nice to see her go out on a high note as well. And I think, wasn't she division one swimmer of the year? Yeah. Yeah. She won division one swimmer of the year. Yep. Yeah. And I thought that was nice. And I did enjoy that little breaststroker from Livonia Stevenson. Yeah. Um, and I understand that swimming isn't even her first love. She's a hockey player. Greg says. Yep. That's what he was sharing with me. How, how awesome is that to see a well-rounded athlete winning a state title? <laughs> oh Yes. Yeah, D2, we had a new state record in diving also with Lily, I believe it's Witty from Dexter, um, sophomore, just a tremendous diver, um, was talking with their coach, and she's going to be going to the Olympic trials this year. Um, just a phenomenal diver, phenomenal talent, ready to watch her the next couple of years improve. Yeah, you know, I, th I think diving, you know, as we kind of segue into, you know, the, they were on their own on Friday, um, did all their dives, you know, straight through on, on Friday. And, and I know some of our diving coaches were a little concerned. So were the athletes, you know, when, when we were shut down for a while, we could go find a pool at a wreck 
or at a fitness center by us, but a little bit hard to try to find a diving board. And, you know, these divers and these coaches had to, to find some very creative ways to stay in shape and stay in focus the last few weeks and saw some changes in, you know, what DDs and some of the dives they had to do. Um, but our, our lone state record this year, the D2 diving record goes down. So you know, I think it shows their, their you know, the their resilience and their dedication to, to their season and, and want to do some great things. So um, we had some, you know, great performances all the way around. Uh, Venus, uh, your, your diver took home the D one state title. How, how is she feeling? Kira is, is just obviously on cloud nine. Um, she's a very hard worker, but I tell you what, the, you know, the thing that I noticed over the years, I don't know if the divers get enough credit for being the athletes that they are. Um, and for them to come back and do 11 dives after not having a whole lot of board time, um, and it doesn't matter changing the degree of difficulty or not. I mean, it's still a heck of an athletic endeavor to get up on that board and do what they do without practicing. Um, I was impressed. But Kira, I know this is something that she's been working for for four years. Um, great kid. She's going to University of Illinois, Chicago next year. Um, and a great leader. I was just I was really happy for her and she was having fun. But I tell you what, it was a long night. They were tired. Um those 11 dives starting that late in the afternoon um, after a long drive for a lot of them, it, uh, it was, it was pretty taxing both physically and mentally. And I give a lot of credit to those kids. This week was one that you coaches and your teams have been preparing for, for a very long time. As mentioned earlier, the girls typically compete in a 16 week season. This season had been extended to 23 weeks. With the impacts of COVID, as we just talked about, not everybody was able to be in the water a lot or to prepare how they typically would. How were the girls' performances impacted? Sure. I Just uh, speaking with all the other coaches on deck at our meet, um, again, nobody really knew what to expect before the meet started. Um, were we going to have times that were close to their qualifying times? Were people going to have best times? Were we going to be way off and have slow times and, and upset swimmers on deck? Um and I think for the most part, the girls stepped up and, and performed unbelievably well. Uh, I know I can speak for my team. Um, we had personal bests in almost all of our swims, maybe not by as much as we had hoped for when the original state meet back in November was going to happen. Uh, but we still had best swims. The girls were excited about their times. Um, we had an individual get on podium. We had a relay get on podium. Um, it just it was it was different, but the girls. I mean, they stepped up and did an amazing job. And I was just really proud of my athletes. And that was kind of echoed by all the other coaches I talked to on deck. They were just so happy for their girls to be able to finish out the season and perform the way they did. Yeah, it, it was tough. I'm telling you, I was, I'm on a number of different text threads. Um, as these two know with coaches, I gave a couple of college coach friends of mine a call and said, what do we do with these girls? And I think everybody was laughing and just rolling dice. Um, my approach really, and, and it's, it was kind of this way all year with the girls is we need to go in just mentally focused and take care of what we can take care of. Um, my talk to them this whole week leading up to the state meet was trying to get them to remember what they were like as an eight-year-old and how it didn't matter if they went to practice, how they loved swimming, how they used to sleep in their bathing suits, um, and to go in with no pressure, have absolutely nothing matter and just see what happens. 
and and to find that little girl inside of them that used to love this sport so much that they're that you just walk in and wanted to have fun. And so I think that was a real big key to our success um, because physically, quite honestly, none of these kids should have been able to do what they accomplished. Um, we all we all know that. Um, mentally, I think these girls just hit the ball out of the park. I was it was really nice to see these kids step up and race and attack things in a way that quite honestly, um, these are the things that are going to help them outside of the pool later on in life, being able to overcome obstacles and hit whatever is thrown in their way with a great mental approach. Yeah, you know, I, I agree. You know, you know, we did the same with our girls, you know, just trying to let them have a little bit of fun. Uh, each of my girls had a little rubber duck at practice and they, you know, let them play a little bit and just remind them, you know, what really got you here. The, the, the training, everything is there and we just got to have fun. And, you know, we can't control where we're sitting or what time the meet starts or any of that type of stuff, but we could control our performances. And, um, you know, I, I talking to a lot of the coaches yesterday, you know, it seemed like everybody stayed focused the best they could and, and, you know, got the best out of everything. But yeah, I, I agree with you when you say, you know, the life lessons that these girls picked up, they may not realize it right now at this moment, but they're going to be stronger in their careers down the road. They're going to be, you know, more positive, you know, when it comes to certain scenarios and situations, the flexibility, the patience, all these great things we learned, but um, yeah, the, the mental aspect was huge this weekend. Um, and these kids stepped up. They did great. Really proud of everybody. Coach Z, your team finished 17th in the Division One meet. You mentioned last week that you only had four girls on deck. Explain to the listeners how the scoring of a swim meet works and how this year was different. Sure. Um, so at a championship meet, uh, top 16 score points. Um, in an individual event, first, uh, first place would be 20, and it goes all the way down to one point for 16th. And in relays, it's doubled. Um on a normal year, uh, we would have had prelims on Friday and everybody would have swam, uh, the way they lay out all the heats, uh, we circle seed those. So you don't have all the fastest athletes in one heat. Um, they're spread out. And so that was different this year because we had timed finals. Um, so we did have fastest, we had, it was swum slowest to fastest, slowest heat first and the fastest heat last. And so it was a little different. Kids had to adjust to that. They didn't have that extra break, you know, to swim two times to try to, you know, maybe if you didn't have a great prelims, you could redeem yourself or, you know, maybe, maybe you had to have that phenomenal swim in a prelims to make it to finals this year. Everybody just had one shot. Um, our divers, you know, they'll go through five rounds and make cuts and then three more rounds and make some more cuts. And then they'd take the day, you know, the rest of the day off and they'd come back for finals on Friday. So they had to put in one long day. Um, so that, that was definitely a change for everybody. Um, you know, it was, you know, we, we, we still had the fastest athletes in, you know, in, in that last heat competing against each other and, um, divers had the same diving panel and judge panel, um, in front of them and they were on the same board. So, uh, fair playing field across the board. Um, but you know, for our girls, um, you know, we, we were down to a second alternate on our relay and one individual qualifier. So for one individual to, to, you know, earn all state honors and earn some big points for our team was huge. And uh, to see our relay move up, would we move three or four spots, you know, to, to score in that last, last place was great. And I think you see that when you, when you look across all the scoring, I think what 36 teams scored in the D three meet, um, 
you can have one good athlete or one good relay and, or a good diver and, and, and you can score points at a state meet. Um, I think what 97 state championship and over team had what six boys or something like that. So um, you can do it with a small group, but uh, certainly the the depth of a sea home or a pioneer um, that really gives you the upper hand in, in any meet. So but yeah, that's how the scoring works. And, and um, yeah, I, I thought, you know, th- things went well, you know, it was really good with, with how everything was laid out this year. What strengths did you see from your girls yesterday? Just, just the willingness and the ability to want to step up and go race. We had a senior, she was our second alternate. She did not practice from the first week in November until we got back in the water in January. Um, and she had a chance. We had some young ladies that had to step away for whatever reason. And um, this young lady wanted a chance to swim. So to see her approach to everything yesterday was incredible. A little bit of uh, nervousness and I don't want to let you guys down, but to see the other three girls pump her up and get her so excited was terrific. Um, two sophomores who were both at state meet last year for us. So they had the experience. And even though the meet was a little different, they, they understood what was going to be going on um, when it came to a, you know, the general approach of a championship meet. So that was terrific. And we had one little freshman. It was her birthday yesterday and she got to get up on the podium for the four free relay and, and get a medal and stuff. So it was fun. Um, yeah. So I, I think just all around, just watching them elevate each other. And, and like we were mentioning earlier with the, the mental aspect, um, I think that was so important for them to, you know, we were, we were spread out all over the building. We were in classrooms. I was across the hall from Mercy and they had music going the whole time. And some teams had the meat on, they were watching it. My girls were playing cards and in sleeping bags and, you know, Brighton was next door in their, their little chairs, uh, yucking it up and talking about school and stuff. So it was just a good energy up and down the hallways, certainly missed it on the pool deck, but, um, it was upbeat and positive all day long, no matter what corner of the building you're in. Coach Harfa, your team, North Farmington took 21st in the division two meet. How many girls did you have on deck? Uh, we only had four girls, just like Z. Um, we had two sophomores and two freshmen, so we're a fairly young state team. Um, I don't know if it was a good thing or a bad thing for my freshmen because they've never experienced a state meet before, so they didn't know what to expect. Um, but just to be able to take those young kids to the meet and uh, the way they performed and stepped up, I was really proud of them. Um, the same thing that Z was saying, uh, there was you know music being played. The kids were upbeat. We were in a large gym, so I think there was about 10 or 12 teams spread out uh, throughout the gymnasium. Um, so we're kind of feeding off each other's vibe when girls would come back into the gym from competing everybody would cheer for them it was it was really cool to watch um how they kind of fed off each other and kind of built each other up throughout the day um same thing with the timeline being spread out there's a lot more downtime so our girls were same thing sitting in deck chairs and laying on the ground and playing cards and listening to music and just enjoying their company um one of the last things i said to my girls at practice before we left for the state meet is the highlight of um, just enjoying their company and just being a team for a little bit longer, even though the season was extended, you know, we got to spend some more time together and, and build that team up. So it was a lot of fun. You mentioned that your team is rather young. How do you plan to grow as time continues? Well, our state team is really young, but as our, our entire team is, we have, you know, obviously spread out between seniors and freshmen. Um, every year we do the same. We just try to build on our skills and get better day by day. And, um, some girls are going for state cuts and, and hopefully we get some more of those next year. We had some girls, uh, juniors and uh, sophomores that were really close to state cuts and some of our seniors as well. Um, so hopefully we get a couple more of those next year and we have some freshmen coming in that'll help our team out. Um, so we just have the same you know, philosophy every year, just 
try to get better day by day. And if that gets us to state cuts, fantastic. You know, Mike, what, uh, anything you noticed at that D2 meet yesterday that, you know, like I, I saw what you do with your team with some of the alumni outreach and stuff like that to keep your girls positive. Anything you saw at the meet yesterday from a coach that like you wish you would have thought of a couple of weeks back? Oh, that's a great question. Um, not so much. I, I think a lot of the stuff that a lot of the coaches did were behind the scenes kind of at practice leading up. Like you said, I reached out to our alumni to send us emails back. And I had over 100 emails that I had posted up on the wall at practice at, at North Farmington so the girls can see they were supported by, you know, the men and women that came before them. Um, just little things that coaches do. I mean, everybody has their own little tricks of the trade that they try to do to motivate their teams. Um, and just kind of seeing how the girls came to that meet fired up. I'm sure every coach in the state was doing something special uh, in the last couple of weeks to get their teams ready to go. Before we continue, I talked about how you can recruit yourself to Lawrence Technological University. Here's more. If you're a high school athlete with the dream of playing college sports, Lawrence Technological University wants you to recruit yourself. LTU offers over two dozen varsity sports for men and women, along with several dozen world-class undergraduate programs. Athletic and academic scholarships are available in all sports, including its newest additions, competitive cheer and dance, e-sports, women's hockey, and men's and women's track and field. Visit LTUathletics.com and recruit yourself. Lawrence Tech, where Blue Devils dare. Welcome back, Coach Venos. Your team, Mercy, finished as the runner-up in Division One. You have a star athlete on your team, Greta Gidley, who we'll talk about her next. But which athletes impacted your team's performance the most? You know, I, I thought about that for a while. Um, we, took, we took 10 girls to the state championships, and we are always a big believer in, in team first. Um, but I tell you, watching Kira start the meet out on Friday night the way she did, was a huge boost for the kids. Um, and a lot of credit needs to go to her. We, one, one, one or two kids really stand out in particular. I mean, we had, we had a great race from uh, senior Sam Diaz, who was all state in her four events, two individual and, and two relays. Um, but there was a young lady, one of our captains, um, Cotter Welch. She, you know, for three years, she has been by far the hardest worker on this team. Yet when it came time for championship meets, this poor girl just, she couldn't finish her races. And I was killing myself as a coach, trying to figure out what I was doing wrong, what we could do differently. Um, she deserved a whole lot better than what I was giving her. And it turns out she went into the doctor beginning of this year and she's anemic. Um, so we finally got her healthy she ended up scoring in both the 200 and the 500. She made her very first state cuts this year. And I'm just, I'm really proud of the way that she led and, and didn't let any disappointment really trickle down the last three years. Um, she's going to make some college coach look like a genius because she's, she's really on her way. So I, I was, I was really proud of Cotter. Some big news happening on your team. The senior that senior that I just mentioned, Greta Gidley, a recent commit to the University of Michigan, was very successful yesterday, finishing first in the 200-yard IM and first in the 500-yard free. What impact has she had on your team over the last four years? Well, quite honestly, for the first two years, she had an impact on Mr. Harfoot's team. 
Um, she had her start swimming at North Farmington with Mike. Um, and then she transferred. And as Mike well knows, she's a very, very special young lady. She's probably the biggest 12 year old that we have on our team. And what I mean by that is she is goofy. She is always smiling. Um, she, you know, whenever the coach gets angry or mad, Greta will do something to dissipate that um, and make me laugh and giggle. And I think she brings a really lighthearted approach to, you know, let's make this fun. But at the same point in time, she's quite a trainer. Um, she gets in the water and she goes and she brings that with her. And at the legacy that she's going to leave with us is keeping things in perspective. Um, she's an incredible team player. The, the mercy on her cap means more to her than any individual glory. Um, and she has talked to the kids about that day in and day out. Um, she's, she's, a, she's a really special kid, and we're going to miss her. You know, Venus, what, uh, I know we were talking a little bit you know, back in November about making some adjustments to, to lineups and, uh, you know, Greta's a sprinter. So <laughs> to see her in the, I am in the five, uh, decision-making behind that, her call, your call. Um, uh, it was, it was kind of our both. I, I talked her into it a little bit. Um, I, uh, she won the 100 free last year and she was runner up in the 200 IM. And with this shortened season that we were supposed to have with the girls, I figured a lot of different coaches are going to be going for the 50 and the 100. And we were fortunate enough to have four or five girls qualify in the 100 free. And so all I kept thinking is Greta's just going to knock one of those girls out who has another opportunity to score. I personally think that Greta is an incredible distance swimmer. And so we had a little bit of a talk. I put her in the 500 and said, uh, what do you think about possibly swimming this at the state meet? And her first response to me is, whatever you think is right, coach, whatever the team needs. Um, and I tell you, in November, I thought that was a great move. And then we had all this time off. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, what have I done to this poor kid? Um, because it was that was a tough, tough double for her without a whole lot of work behind it. Um, and you know what, she's a racer and she stood up and I think she had the, the second fastest time in the state this year in the 500 style. So, yeah. uh, U of M is pretty, is, is getting a pretty versatile kid next year, but she was all for it. She really was. That's great. Um, any other little adjustments you made the last few weeks, um, even the last few days, you know, we were hoping, you know, we were all ready for this and, you know, shut down and back up and shut down, back up any little adjustments you made. Um, quite honestly, Z, you know, uh, this is my 36th year coaching and I think I've outcoached myself more than anybody on the planet. So, um, you know, it's, it's nice to have my stepson Drew coach with me right now. And he kind of reminded me of that. Um, he said, you know, let's just, let's just stick with the plan. Let's just stick with what we've got going. We don't want to throw anything new at these girls we had thought about moving some relays um, and, and changing some orders and things like that and changing some practices. But he said, let's stick with what they know, at least give them some, some consistency and something that we can control. So, uh, you know, other, other than 
other than that last 11 days, trying to mimic what we did leading into our county championships, there really wasn't much that we changed. I didn't, I didn't want to change anything else for these poor kids. Yeah. Yeah, true. I mean, you gotta try to give them some stability, but, uh, I think just hats off to everybody. And we said in the coaches meeting yesterday, you got here and you led, everybody just led with just the utmost integrity and flexibility. And and it was, uh, it was great. And I think we got to, you know, take a second and thank the MHSA for the continued leadership and, and focus to get these kids to have a state meet. Um, but to our high school sites to, to host these meets, you know, we're used to rolling into a college meet or, you know, college pool and, um, Ian Cobes had him on a few weeks back on the podcast here and he was ready for it. And we highlighted his pool a little bit and, and they knocked it out of the park. Super happy with how they did it. Um, Damuth did a terrific job running things at, at, uh, Grand Rapids and, you know, thank you to John Pearson and Chris Bell and Darren Abbasi and everybody at Lake Orion for stepping up to, to have that meet run smoothly at Lake Orion and give these kids a chance to compete because a lot of the colleges are still shut down. So I um, right. just want to make sure we sneak that in there and, and let these folks know that they Mark, Mark Ewell and Andy Oysters from the MHSAA, I want to personally thank as well. I can't imagine what it has been like the last couple of months dealing with the Michigan, Depart- Michigan Department of Health and Human Services, dealing with parent emails and coach emails. Um, I, I really think in a very tough situation that they stood up and did what they felt was best for our student athletes. Um, and I want to, I really do want to thank them for that. Um, I, you know, sometimes they take a lot of brunt and a lot of criticism, but quite honestly, I think in this situation, they deserve our thanks for letting these, these kids kind of finish what they started. High school swimming is always about good sportsmanship. It's a motto the MHSAA wants to reinforce across all sports. Listen to this. Sportsmanship has never been more important between the lines in athletics and outside those lines in our communities. To listen, to respect, to understand, to practice common decency, to have competition without contentiousness. Sportsmanlike qualities are essential components of life itself. Let's all work together to not only be good sports, but good people. A message from the Michigan High School Athletic Association promoting the value and values of educational athletics. Welcome back, Coach Vinos and Harfoot. You both are coaches of boys swimming as well. What have you learned from coaching the girls this season that will benefit you while coaching the boys this upcoming season? You know, it's it's funny. I, I think I want to rephrase that a little bit, if you don't mind. I, I think it's what did we learn from the boys season being canceled at state meet last year that we took into the girls season um, that we're going to continue, I think, with the boys season. Um, don't take anything for granted. Quite honestly, understand that this is a blessing that we get to use the gifts and the talents that we've been given as athletes and as coaches. And it's always been a philosophy of mine to swim every meet like it's your last meet. I was never hoping that would it would come true <laughs> in the middle of a season. Um, but I, I really think that the biggest thing that I've learned as a coach is to really live that, that, that every day is a blessing. Um, and honest to goodness, to don't take anything for granted. Um, to stick with the plan, 
that uh, you can only control the things that are in your control. And, and to keep moving forward and keep your eyes on the end um, and, and to just always, always, always leave it all in the pool. You won't be disappointed and you will walk out of here with zero regrets no matter when the season ends, if you give it everything you've got. Yeah, I echo that, uh, Mike. When we talk to our girls, I always ask them to give me the best that you have today. And sometimes things out of your control are going to impact that. And the only thing we can do is, is take care of the things we can control and do the best with what we have. And don't try not to be affected by change as much as we can. We had so much change during our girl season. That was difficult. Um, but the best we can do to kind of keep things rolling, keep things as normal as we can really helps these kids. I, you know, I, I think I'm going to use some of the statement results to really motivate the boys. Some of the boys are a little concerned that we have a very short season. I'm just going to remind them, look at what the girls did on a 10 on an 11 day practice, you know, um, and, and to just kind of keep their focus that way as well, that uh, you're capable of doing whatever, well, put it this way, your body's capable of doing just about anything. It's your mind you have to convince. Um, so I'm 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 really going to take the lessons from the girls this year and especially this short part of the season to let the boys know that. Hey, we can still make this work. You're still going to swim and you're still going to dive well. It's it's in your court. So how how do you guys get out there now? We go from a 16-week season with girls up to 23 with a bunch of breaks. Boys coming off a state meet cancellation 24 hours before the meet. And now you guys go from a 16-week season down to 10. What adjustments are you going to make for practice here tomorrow to get them going? Um, I think the biggest thing I'm going to really be careful with is um, my dry land program, my weight program. Um, Physiologically, the boys, as muscular as they are, are going to break down easier. And I don't know if I will have enough time to rest them and build them back up if I continue doing the same things that I did last year. So a definite change to my, to my dry land program is the biggest thing I'm going to watch out for. I think as coaches and athletes too, just looking at the surface of this season, we want to make up for lost time, the, the weeks that we missed in the season. And I think the, the fear is trying to do too much, like you said, Mike, um, and then just breaking these kids down and getting them to the point where they can't recover by the, by the league meet and state meet time at the end of the season. And then we're looking at, you know, what did we do wrong? Um, I know at my school, we're not even allowed to use the weight room right now. It's still off limits to us. Um, so right now we're cutting out our weight program. We're going to adjust what we do dry land on the pool deck. Uh, but we usually are in the weight room three days a week. Um, and we can't do that. Um, we couldn't during girl season either. And they, they overcame that. We did some adjustments to stuff on deck, um, but just something different. I just, like you said, I want to make sure I'm not doing harm to these kids and trying to make up for lost time and doing things that aren't necessary. You know, what about the approach with meets? You know, I'm looking at an OA schedule, helping our boys coach out a little bit where the red, red division has every Tuesday open if they want to fill it, but every Thursday's filled. We're waiting on some news from MHSAA to see what we can do with the county meet. Miska's going to hold off here on that announcement too, to see if we can get some satellite type meets set up for Miska. Uh, but what's your approach here? We're trying to get a few more meets. You want to race a little more, race a little bit less. Where are you guys at? After the girls' state meet, I kind of changed my thought. I wasn't going to schedule a lot of meets. But then I think one of the biggest issues that 
we had with the girls is we really hadn't had a meet and hadn't raced in a long time. And I think that that hurts some performances. So I may add a couple extra that I wasn't thinking about. Um, but again, just trying to throw some kids in some different events, trying not to overuse the same muscles, trying to prevent some injury. Um, it's, you know, you're going to want to try and get a kid in an event as many times as possible to make their state cut. But I think this year at what cost? Um, so I want to be, I want to be very careful with that and, and overusing the same muscles and things like that. So just, just again, get them in race, have some fun. And if anything, especially for these kids have some meat so they can get some social interaction. Um, that's, I, I think is something that as coaches, we, we kind of forget about with as many kids that aren't in school right now. Um, getting them face-to-face -face and, and some interaction their growth, I think that's something we need to take into consideration as well. I know our schedule for the OAA Blue, we have a lot of teams. We have a lot of weeks where we're swimming a meet on Tuesday night and Thursday night, uh, which scared me a little bit at first, but then I looked at our schedule and we're, we're missing the weekend invitational meets, um, the relay meets, the big kind of team meets. So it kind of is the same, just kind of adjusting training days during the week, um, having two meets a week. Um, but like you said, Mike, just the chance to get out and socialize with their teammates, with their peers and the chance to race, um, just move around to different events. Um, it's going to be fine. What, uh, any, any teams, any athletes coming out of either Oakland County or one of our leagues or even across the state, anybody team or athlete you guys think are going to be a, a big surprise for the boys this year? Quite honestly, Dave, I haven't thought about boys. And I was going to turn that clock on at about four o'clock this afternoon. <laughs> this, this, I, I wanted to give my full attention to these girls. Um, I didn't think it would be fair to kind of switch over. Um, I, I did make a mistake yesterday. Um, I was talking to one of the girls after the meet and I said, how long have you been swimming for me at brother rice? She says, coach, we're not there yet. <laughs> oh. Um, I, you know, it, it was, it, it's winter. There's snow on the ground. I need to be coaching boys. Right. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really curious to see who kind of pops up. I, I think we've got a lot of talent in this area. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to embarrass him, but I'd like to see what my son's capable of doing, um, as a senior. I, I think he was really primed last year as a junior to do well at state meet. I'm looking forward to see how he can do this. Um, there are a couple of breaststrokers at Seaholm that I know are, are fantastic. And I'd like to see those guys have an opportunity to go at it and, and just make each other better. Um, I'm just, I'm, I'm just excited to see fast swimming. Um, and it really, quite honestly, it doesn't matter from who, um, I mean, as long as it's not against us too much, but I, I love watching kids swim fast and that's what I'm looking forward to. You know, Vino, so I'm going to jump in real quick. I don't know if you listened when we had Elijah on for the podcast, um, spoke, you know, very highly of the whole experience for, from brother rice and everything. But I think the one thing you, you make such a big impact on all the young men and women that you coach Beachwood and brother rice and stuff, but uh, when he, we were asking him about, you know, future plans and what he wanted to study and stuff like that. And he's already talking about coaching swimming. Is he um, really? 
Yeah. So I, I don't know if you had a chance to go back and listen to that, but um, from, from a dad to a dad, um, it, it's a heck of a compliment because you influence the kid every day in the house, but uh, you're doing a great job on the pool deck too. Cause he's, he's already thinking about it. So that, that uh, you just, you, you made me smile. Nice. So it's, I'm, I'm, I'm the luckiest guy in the world. I've been able to coach um, with my three older kids and I know my, you know, Drew is doing a great job down at, uh, at UAD. Um, and with me at Mercy, I'm just, I'm, I'm proud to be able to, uh, to be able to say, I didn't make them hate the sport enough to want to <laughs> run away from it forever. So it's, uh, it's an absolute blessing. And I wish that upon any dad and any mom who, uh, who has that opportunity to coach their kids. So thanks. Nice. Harfoot, any, any big, uh, anything you see coming up with, with boys, whether it be a swimmer or a team uh, you want to highlight here? I kind of the same boat as Vino. Just this morning, it was almost a side release now the girl season is over and to start ramping up for boys season. Um, just getting ready to start again. I mean, the, the season ended on such a sour note last year with the boys state meet getting taken away the day before it was supposed to go off. Um, just a, a chance to get those boys back in the pool again and start training again and, and building some positive memories. Um, really looking forward to that. Uh, just getting that ball rolling on this season. You know, it is a shorter season. We're going to enjoy it as much as we can. All right, everybody. Well, that's all the time that we have this week. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Michigan State Champs Poolside Podcast. This podcast is presented to you by Lawrence Technological University. Poolside is brought to you by the MHSAA, promoting the value and values of educational athletics. And by the DMC's Rehabilitation Institute of Michigan, the only freestanding rehabilitation center in Southeast Michigan, solely dedicated to physical medicine and rehabilitation. Once again, I'm your host, Sarah Davis, joined with my co-host, David Jolkevsky, the head coach of Mercy and Brother Rice, Mike Vinos, and the North Farmington coach, Mike Harfoot. Stay safe, everybody, and just keep swimming.